Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. The Palazzo Podcast. Fantasy baseball is the order of the day. Is it too soon to say goodbye, to drop, to trade, to sell high? Gary and Govier will let you know who those players are and what their status is. It's a Palazzo Podcast! Don't forget about the Discord. Free to anyone. Available on the Palazzo Podcast Twitter feed. Take it away, boy! Utah, give me two. Hey, it's a Palazzo Podcast. Greetings. Thanks for watching us live here on YouTube or listening to the podcast version in audio form. We're grateful for however you consume the show. Uh, the downloads are growing, and the subscribers on YouTube are creeping up. We're getting close to 300. If we can get a few of you guys to share it around or double-check if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel or not, we'll get up to 300 subs, and that'd be pretty cool. I'm here with Christopher Deary, of course, my co-host. Christopher Deary, it's Friday. It's 4 o'clock. Uh, we've had a couple postponements today, but we got a lot of excitement. We got another big-time call-up today. Mr. Lewis himself is coming up tonight. Live! The number one overall pick for 2017 of the Minnesota Twins. We'll be taking over for Carlos Correa, who has an injury. What do you think? Yeah, this is big news for uh, Minnesota. I think Correa goes down with this finger injury. And Lewis, we haven't seen him up in the majors yet. You know, drafted back in 2017. And, you know, they've taken their time with him. I think he's only 21, 22 years old. He's off to a pretty nice start down there in AAA. He got eight stolen bases. Got a couple, couple home runs. Nice walk rate. Uh, he, he's going to be a, a must add in a lot of leagues, especially if he's going to get a good amount of run. We'll see how long Correa is out, but it's, it's always fun when you get these uh, big time prospects that finally come up and, you know, everybody's scrambling to try to add them and hopefully they can produce for your teams. Yeah, that's always the miracle here. I'm a huge Royce Lewis fan. I think he's going to be, I know he's incredibly talented. He has a ton to offer and a lot of people were hitting me up on Twitter asking me, Hey, would you rather have Royce Lewis or Yuli Gurriel? Would you rather have Royce Lewis or so-and-so. And the thing is, it's possible that he struggles. It doesn't go his way right away. It'll be a challenge. You know, uh, gaining that confidence early on in the major leagues is no easy task. His confidence is shot at. You know, eventually when that happens, you might find yourself back at AAA. But Royce Lewis has all the tools. The five-tool dude, he truly is. And he's stolen bags in minor leagues as well. And this was in response to what a lot of people were worried about with the two ACLs. Two ACL tears. That's that's a real, real tough stretch for him. But he's shown that the speed's there, and there's no reason to think that he cannot be an impact talent. With him and Jose Miranda there, the other call-up, you know, it's going to be a big weekend on fab bids, and in some of your leagues already that are daily leagues and daily waiver wire pickups, you may have already spent money or 
put in a waiver claim on Miranda, Lewis, uh, Juan Yepes of the Cardinals came up this week. MJ Melendez of the Royals, a catching <laughs> prospect. He's also here, too. There are so many guys right now. This is... I thought last year there was some excitement about some new blood, but this is even more impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's more coming, too. It's just, you know, what you had talked about and I talked about is, you know, sometimes there's struggles right right when they come up. I mean, sometimes there's struggle over 400 at-bats. Look at Jared Kelnick, who was, you know, a hot prospect, came up last year and was no good. He's no good this year. And then you look at a guy like Julio Rodriguez came up, struggled at the start, is still struggling with strikeouts, but he's got nine stolen bases. I think he's hit safety in like eight or nine games. So so he 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 at least you've been able to hold on to most of this time. Kelnick, I think, is getting dropped all over the place. place. A lot of people are talking about uh, Kyle Lewis coming up as he's just been activated. We'll see if he comes up and Kelnick goes back down. But uh, He'll be a couple of weeks. Yeah, Lewis apparently is going to do the spring training version. Uh, Jerry yeah. Depoto, GM of the Mariners, said we're going to let him play like – you know, a couple of weeks, it looks like, so we can get ready before he yeah. comes up. So Kelnick might not leave just yet, but you're right. It definitely, the writing is on the wall for Kelnick. It was also for Juan Yepes of the Cardinals, who I really, really like. He was a huge Arizona Fall League star recently, and he can hit. He can't play defense at all, but the boy <laughs> can hit. The man can hit. He can hit the shit out of the ball. He had nine home runs at AAA in Memphis. They brought him up, and he started in two straight games. I watched him last night in the game against the Giants that the Cardinals had where, you know, he just puts the ball in play. He had a base hit single to right. It was a grounder. It was a warm burner, but he put it through the hole, Apo Taco. So he has the ability to go to all fields, and he hasn't shown the power yet. It's only been two games. But the fact that he started both times, that is what I like to see. And I'm really hopeful that that will be a blessing for him because Albert Pujols got to go, dude. Albert Pujols can't. <laughs> Why is this I mean, can, going? Can you really play Albert Pujols this whole season and say, well, we just can't play Juan Yepes because we want to play Pujols for one full season of a farewell. It sounds so absurd when you say it like that. Yeah, especially for the Cardinals that are going to go go out and try to win this division. I mean, you know, it's pretty cool if you're a Cardinals fan to see, you know, Pujols come back. But, you know, first half of his career there and he's back. But, like, yeah, this is the farewell tour. Like, put him on his Kareem Abdul-Jabbar motorcycle and send him on his way, man. He doesn't need to accomplish anything else. He's he's gotten to 600 home runs, 3,000 hits. Not going to get that career average up to 300. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll stick around and maybe they can win a championship with him. But, like, I mean, you can't play him. You just can't, especially when these exciting guys come up like Juan Yepes. And, you know, if you're going to bring up top prospects like this, you want to give them everyday playing time. I mean, or else there's no reason to have them up. Keep them down to the minors where they can play every day or else there's really no reason for to have these guys up. So, we want to see these guys come up and play. Yeah, I'm with you there. And that's – this is one of the issues here is like you can't have a farewell season if you're already a at best at best average player he's not even an average player he's a i mean i'll have to double check his wrc plus to find out officially but i don't think that he has been an average player he's hit some home runs here or there last year for the dodgers we thought it was over when the angels come loose and the dodgers kept him on the roster all year yeah. and now here he is with the Cardinals still. I just can't believe it. Albert Pujols, I have no beef with you. You're just done. When you're done, you're done. And if you're the Cardinals, you're in a transitional stage here. I don't know why you would go back to the well with Pujols when you got guys like Dylan Carlson now who could actually be the other at-risk player. People are looking at Pujols, Deary, but Dylan Carlson has not been hitting the ball well. His stats are really crappy, and he's actually in jeopardy of being sent down if he doesn't get it together. 
So that's the other option. If they don't drop Pujols, it's Carlson who loses out. And that's not going to be happy news for a lot of people who roster Carlson. Yeah, Pujols has appeared in, it looks like, about half of their games. He's got 44 plate appearances, two home runs. But, like, I mean, he's not getting the playing time. It's 225 average. He's a liability. If wow, dude. Into the field. He can't run at all. He hasn't been able to run for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously with the DH, that's probably where he sticks in. I mean, I don't think he'd be playing at all this year if there wasn't a DH in the National League. I don't think anyone else is bringing him back. But we're kind of going through the same thing with Miguel Cabrera right now. I know Cabrera had three hits last night, but what's it going to be like next year for Cabrera? I mean, I, he's gotten to his 500 home runs. He's gotten to his 3,000 hits. He just tied K-Line last night for hits. Or I th- actually, I think he passed K-Line. But we're going to be Wait, dealing Bonds with this. Wade Boggs is next. Right? Woo! We're gonna be, yeah, he'll, he's going to pass four or five guys this year, but and then it's like, I wish he would up. Like, we're going to have him again next year, and he's batting in the middle of this lineup. Wow. So this episode is called Too Soon, and the focus will be on adding, dropping, trading, stashing. Is it too soon for several of these players with all of these different avenues that you can go with your roster? Dropping, trading, stashing. Selling high? Is it all too soon? I don't know. We're going to leave that up to all of you guys to decide, but we will give you some of our opinions because it is May, and we're doing our thing. It's going to be May. Well, it's actually May now, so that's the last time I can play that drop. That drop is over. I'm saying goodbye to it. But that's today's show. That's what we're going to focus on. And I put Roddy Telez on the cover of this, too. So will we talk about Roddy? I don't know. That's why you guys stay tuned. Watch the show. Listen to the show. Five-star review at Apple Podcasts. You know the deal. If you've never heard a podcast in your life, you've never been involved in any type of entertainment, if this is the first time you've ever watched a YouTube video in your life, welcome. What a unique moment it is for them, Deary. Isn't this cool? Yeah, this, this is what we look at. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, the bald man and the bozo. Bald, guys yeah. 42 in a couple months. That's right. Two bozos, one destiny. But yeah, so if this is your first video ever, welcome to the show. You can like it and you can subscribe and you can click the dingy bell so we'll notify you whenever we have a show. We just had the prospect show the other day. We had Benjamin Chase on who's been killing it. Benjamin Chase knows prospects like he's very, very underrated, extremely undervalued and underappreciated in the biz. I'd never really heard much from Ben until Phil Goyette kind of introduced us and this dude man he's got so much knowledge like he really could work for a team as an amateur scout he's filled with it particularly knows a lot about the twins and the braves but he could talk about any prospect he does his own daily prospect update where he highlights one hitter and one pitcher who had a great night from anywhere in minor league baseball every day so please follow benjamin chase at Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Big Gentle Ben. He's really valuable. And if you want to take it up a notch, he's been getting really active in the Palazzo Podcast Discord. You talk. Two L's, two Z's. Give me two. The Discord is on fire. And I've had some... <laughs> isn't it? It's it's crazy. Uh, there are times where I have to turn off my notifications because it's just going constantly. And, you know, every it few is. nights I'll check in and into the chatter, but there's so many different channels and there's so much going on, which I love it, man. It's It's like the community that we've always wanted to have. Everybody's getting in there talking about, you know, dynasty stuff, head to head stuff, you know, the whole gambit, not just Roto, because I feel like a lot of podcasts out there and a lot of other places talk a ton about Roto. But we know a lot of people that listen to our show also play head to head, also play points league. So it's great to like yeah. talk about those different things. Uh, you know, and Ben, a guy that knows a ton about prospects. I mean, 
it's hard enough keeping up with the 600 players that are in major league baseball. When you got guys like Phil and Ben and our guy, Raj Castillo, that focuses mainly on minor leagues with the Tigers. It's amazing to have guys like that in the community because they can give you so much information. It really is impressive. Yeah, we've really got something good. We're almost up to 100 members in the Discord, and it's free, totally free. So if you want the Discord link, go to the Plaza Podcast Twitter handle. It's at the very top. Two L's, two Z's, Plaza Podcast. Give me two. You can see the link for that and the Patreon. If you want to take it up even further and contribute in any way, that would be great. You know, you don't have to do that. It's more about building that Discord because we got so many people. Forget me and Deary. There's all these other people who know so much about the game, and they're just regular folks. They don't have their own podcast necessarily, their own platform. They just love playing the game, and they love talking about moves and giving advice, and they know as much as anybody else in this analysis game. So strong recommend on the Plausible Podcast Discord. It's making a difference. Uh, Also, I was on the Sleeper on the Bus last Saturday with Paul Spohr. If uh, you'd like to go check that out, you can hear me and Paul talk about fantasy baseball. The Sleeper on the Bus speaks for itself. It's one of the biggest well-known podcasts in the game. So thanks to Paul for having me on, and it was a good discussion. And if you liked the good discussions, then check out the Sleeper in the Bus episode. So, uh, is that it? Did I cover all the details there? Is that correct? Yeah, sounds good. Yay! Okay, good. So, uh, let's hit up a, a few other business items as well. Uh, Richard Sands, who is the reigning Palazzo Podcast Invitational Champion, which is uh, not going very well for me right now either. We'll talk about that. Uh, but he is killing it. With his writing, though, not his <laughs> fantasy not his team, not, not his Palazzo podcast team this year. Yeah, very humble yeah, that, about it. Very humble. So humble that he wrote an article about it. So it's called How I Win From First to Last in the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. And it's available on Baseball Pod's website. So if you want to check it out, I'll drop the link in here. You can also find the link in the Discord. Also posted it on the Twitter. It's not going to be hard to find. Richard Sands. Follow Richard on Twitter at the Richard Sands. It's a great article. Very honest article about the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, which is a 15-team draft and hold, do or die, 50 rounds. Your roster is your roster. So if you have injuries, you're pretty much screwed, right? Dear, there's nothing you can do. You're stuck with what you got. Yeah, I mean, last year I learned a valuable lesson. I drafted guys that, you know, either were out for the year, got suspended for the year. Richard talks about getting Bauer, who obviously now is suspended for two years. And, you know, those draft and holds, it's, it's 50 players that you're drafting. But, I mean... You can't make pickups. There's no fab in this. So uh, you, you could certainly lose a big chunk of your roster if guys go down, if guys don't ever get called up because you're, you're thinking about prospects, guys that get suspended. So he takes his blows in the article and talks about some of the ways that you know he he didn't maybe make the right picks. You know, I, I feel like we waited a decent amount of time. We drafted about a month before the season. You know, it's not like we drafted in, in January or December like a lot of other leagues. But it's a great article, and check it out if you have time. Absolutely. Shout out to Richard Sane. We love you, dude. You've always been a big supporter of the show. And I love what the Sands Report is. A That's another thing Richard does. He's big into old school radio. He's worked in radio forever. He knows the game. And he writes something called the Sands Report, which you can subscribe to. Contact Richard on Twitter at the Richard Sands, and you'll find out more about that. The guy knows what he's doing, and he's got a... He's got a good sensibility. He's my kind of writer. So, there. That's all I have to say about that. Of course, five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We really need to grow the show. So, if you've never given the show a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, please do both or try one of them if you can. Pretty, pretty, please. That would be very, very beneficial to the show. Thank you so much. Please, five-star review. Apple 
and Spotify. Okay. Well, having said that, let's get into leading off. So in leading off, you know, Joe Adele was sent down, dear. It's very sad. There is no more Joe Adele. He's gone. So for our catch of the day, our first catch of the day, I want to talk about Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward is one of the reasons why there is no Joe Adele anymore. He's crushing it. He's hitting the shit out of the ball. Dominant performances. He's got to cool off at some point, but he's hitting home runs at pinch hit. He showed up, he beat a pitch at home run the other night against the Red Sox. So whether he doesn't start or he comes off the bench, Taylor Ward is making things happen. And Brendan Marsh has been solid enough. Joe Adele was the odd man out. So this is all because of Taylor Ward, who I am absolutely in on. It's not a fluke. I looked at his numbers from last year, and it was very impressive. It was a smaller sample. It's about 65 games, I believe. But still, his walk rate is there. The plate discipline skills are legit. The power seems to be legit. And I, <laughs> I, I feel bad. I feel like I missed the boat. I had no idea. I didn't hear a lot of talk about Taylor Ward, to be honest with you. I'm not saying nobody didn't talk about him, but he is the real deal. There's those guys every year that a couple weeks into the season, they end up being that high fab bid. Look at Yerman Mercedes last year, if everybody remembers him. Uh, about three, four weeks ago, a lot of pickups started happening for Taylor Ward because they saw that he was getting the playing time and he's continued to get the playing time. And when you're batting in front of Otani and Trout and Rendon, the top of that order, like your counting stats are going to be unreal. And he has not slowed down. Uh, I don't think this is a fluke. Obviously, Adele is the, the guy out right now, but they got to get Adele uh, some some at bats. So get him down in the minors, get him full at bats. You know, he he wasn't you know, playing against lefties up here uh, anyways. So it's been, it's been really good that the angels have kind of found their guy who can be out there in the outfield for them. You know, Adele was the big time prospect, but this, this tends to happen every year where you get the guy who's not the big time prospect and Taylor Ward has been huge. And a lot of people that have been able to scoop him up in, in fab leagues or in waiver leagues uh, have really been reaping the benefits here over the last three, four weeks. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, dude. I love this guy. I'm totally in love. Anybody who has Taylor Ward in roster, congratulations to you. Uh, by the way, Battlecats fan here on Twitch. We are on Twitch. We always broadcast live. YouTube is what we push, but we do have a Twitch channel. We don't really talk about it much, but the show is always available on that Twitch channel. Plaza Podcast 2L2Zs. He says, yo, the cheese podcast. I can't believe all of you are attracted to the cheese, LOL. Yeah, hey. Dearie, I love cheese. I've always loved cheese. There's so many different flavors of cheese. I could go... I could dedicate the rest of my life just eating cheese, and I'd be just fine. I would. We have a cheese drawer up in our fridge, and it's just filled with all types of different cheeses. There we go. Genius, genius, genius. Even those <laughs> old, shitty, like, Americans, like, craft American spices. Oh, which God. Is like, but it's the best cheese to put on a burger because it melts so well. But, yeah, we got some funky cheeses up there. We got your shredded cheeses. We got all, man. I'll eat cheese forever. Wow, dude. Hey, uh, Battlecats fan, I know you're making fun of us because we're cheesy is what you're saying. We're not morons, but hey, we're going to be who we are. We're grateful to be alive. We love doing this show. We got a good community. And Battlecats fan, you need to get into that Discord. Plausible Podcast Twitter handle 2Ls, 2Zs. Get over in there, bro. You know you want to be a part of this thing. And also, Deary, this is uh, Mike Gaynor. He says, Josh, question mark? Do you know Mike Gaynor? I do not. Who's Mike Gaynor? I know exactly who this is. This is a uh, this is a pen name of a yeah. very good friend of ours. So uh, good to see you in here, Mike. 
Love. Any I haven't hint, seen any, you in here. Any, we don't. Any see. any hints here? Oh yeah, uh, he lives in Grand Rapids, so oh, okay. you know who he is. Okay. That's him. Good to see you in here, Mike. We don't see you very often. Buddy. We miss you. We love we love you, buddy. That's right. Okay, so that's the catch of the day. Taylor Ward, he is God. Uh, Rowdy Telez, I'll mention real quickly. Also deserves to be mentioned. He crushed it, set a Brewers record with eight RBI against the lowly Reds. I blew it in my main event league. I had Telez on the bench, and he's all those stats will not be compiled <laughs> on my 2022 main event team. It hurts, dearie. It's painful. Um, it makes me feel bad. I'm not proud of it, but it is the truth. I I started Owen Miller, who's fine. Okay. Owen Miller's a solid player. It's not like I was, but I should have known the Reds suck. The Reds are <laughs> Dude, the, so bad. Are they going to win 20 games? It, it's <laughs> it's they're three and 22. I've never seen anything. Like that. It's nuts. <laughs> Thanks, buddies. Happy to see you live. You guys are great. Well, we love you too, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, the Reds are trash. Ruddy Telez. Uh, he's not going to hit 300 or anything. He's not a very good player for average, but 30 home runs in this roster, he's already off to a hot start. It's easily going to be attainable as long as he stays healthy. He'll have cold streaks. He'll chill out, but he's crushing the ball. I have no reason to doubt what Telez is doing. He's all of that bag of chips. Am I wrong? No, not at all. And this is going to really be the first time where he's going to play plus 140 games. He started in 25 games at first base over there for the Brewers. And what I really like about him is he's hitting left-handers just as good as right-handers. So this is a a power-hitting left-handed first baseman who's been able to hold his own against lefties. So, sure, he will have his lulls like everybody else does. He's not going to hit 300. He's batting 275 right now. That may come down a little bit, but 30 home runs is certainly doable. And I don't know how many guys are going to hit 30 home runs this year based on, you know, the start we've had this spring. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's true. That's a good, I mean, the ball is so dead. It's so obvious. I'm not going to go through the details of the data right now because I don't care to, but I test says it all. I mean, there's just no power. The tigers speaking of the tigers, they're terrible, right? They're so bad, but go tigers. They can't hit home runs. They're dead last in MLB in home runs. And they just they don't they have any do offensive any, firepower. They can't, they can't do anything. It's like every game, it's a struggle to get to two runs. And it's like, you're not winning with two runs. I, oh, yeah. Dude, I'm with you all the way. By the way, Brian K. Rogers was here. Friday afternoon show is great. We love you, Brian. Good to see you here, as always. And everybody else with the Discord, who I talk to every day if you're in here. Hey, everybody in the Discord, you guys were picking me up. I got some personal bullshit going on in my life. It's always a challenge. It's been going on for five to six months. And... It just will never end. So the fact that you guys can step in and offer advice to people and keep the flow of the chat going means a lot. You guys are the best, seriously. And I mean that with all sincerity because usually I don't speak with sincerity. So I'm going to speak with sincerity for just a moment, okay? Uh, All right, so Roddy Telez is good. We all know that. And I will never, ever bench him again. I will never bench you ever again, Rowdy. I promise. Let's talk a weekly update on Glarf, Deary. So you and I are in Glarf, the Great Lakes Area Roto Fantasy League, which is a part of Earth, the overall massive regional, sub-regional leagues under Earth, right? And this is your first season in Glarf. So uh, how are you feeling right now about your Glarf situation? I'm doing all right. I'm, you know, hanging around middle of the pack. I'm in fifth place right now. Uh, oh, know, Good. You know, right middle of the road with most of my statistics. Some of them are a little closer. My 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 hitters seem to be doing a little better than my pitchers. What's really killed me, and it's it's why I'm probably not going to win Glarf, is I have four saves and five stolen bases, which is good for last in the league in both of them. So it's actually amazing that I am residing in fifth place in Glarf right now. Uh, but, yeah, those two categories I've completely missed the boat on. 
And, you know, I was intentional in almost all of my drafts to find guys that could give you like seven to 10 stolen bases. But when you're not getting anything from the likes of, you know, Labor Torres, who doesn't even play every day, you know, that's certainly going to hurt you. So I, he but he's hit some home runs. He's got he like two home runs in his last five games. <laughs> you know, picked up Ramiel Tapia a few weeks ago. Uh, hopefully that he can maybe give me some. He hasn't gotten me any yet. Uh, Sheldon Noisy has given me a couple, but it's been a real struggle with that. And then, you know, with saves, I just, I just didn't focus on saves. You know, I got, Dov- you know, Camilo Doval. Uh, and then Joe Barlow, those are really the only guys that I, I drafted at all, and I'm not getting anything from those guys. Dude, Barlow's got two saves, and I think... Barlow's uh, gotten two, though, over the last four or five days, though. He's started, he started to get some opportunities. Yeah, I wish I would have uh, picked him up in another league. I, I got outbid. So. Okay. Yeah, so that, that, that's that been a struggle. Jose Barrios has not been what I would have expected. Oh, sure. yeah. But he, he's more of a, you know, end, end of the SP1 era of, of guys, but, man, he's been terrible. He was poor again last night verlander's been great for me patrick sandoval has been good scoobal's never going to get a win for the tigers but he's been he's been pretty good chris flexen i think has three consecutive quality starts uh you know guys like tony gonsall and i picked up mad bum to start this week and then what happens he gets tossed after the you know umpires eyeing him down for a good five minutes that was creepy yeah he's got poopy fingers that was weird it was weird that was a very strange exchange i agree um mike let's talk about your golf experience <laughs> Me? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going pretty well right now. Yeah, thank so. you. <laughs> you are running. Shout first. out to all the Glarf mates. You are running. I'm. Do- I am. You are. In am I number one overall right now? Let's see. Yeah, I think you're, you're number one in Earth. Number one a, in Earth right now. I. You have a healthy lead, lead in Glarf and a pretty healthy lead overall as well. Yeah, these are the standings. Uh, for Glarf in our league. And here you see Deary's fifth. That's rock solid. Uh, Deary, I was first for a long time, like the first three months of the season, and I ended up finishing third or fourth. So you just never know. And I really try not to put a lot of stock in these. It's just an update for the fans, for the everybody in the community here to kind of pop in and see how Glarf is going. We got I'm at first, Dave McDonald's in second. Dave won it last year. He won the whole thing, the overall earth last year. Jenny Butler in third. And Cliff... Ganek is in fourth with Christopher Deary rounding out the top five. So who's in last? Dougie Roth by guy from Chicago. Shout out to you, Doug. Hey, just because you're last now doesn't mean you'll be last later. But if you look where the stats break down right now, uh, the leader in runs has 168. That's uh, Dave. The leader for K's is 219. That's Fish. Good old John Fish. And then Mike Carter leads the league with 16 wins. And the home run pace is 49. That's Dave as well. Dear, you're second with 42. And I'm giving you guys just a taste of like, hey, what are the leaders looking like right now for Roto Leagues and individual standings? So just this is why I'm sharing this. 19 saves leads the pack. That's uh, Max Freeze. 19 saves. 169 RBI. That's less than Dave once again. And ERA, the leader is at 263. That is Adam Howe, first-year Glarfer. And my stolen bases, I'm tied with Max Freeze for first with 23 steals apiece. Deary mentioned he's got five. Deary, don't worry, though. I'm dead last in my main event in steals. I have, coming into two days ago, I had four steals on the season. So <laughs> I got I got five. <laughs> yeah, so I feel you. Trust me, I get it. And then uh, I'm, I'm my team's hitting 279, which is ridiculous because the next closest is Deary. Deary's in second. He's hitting 265. Wow. So that's a... That's pretty wild. I'm not going to have a 280 batting average all season, but that is clearly giving me a bump at this moment. 
So there you go. There's a little taste of what's going on with Glarf. And if you love Glarf, you want to find out more about it, you know, DM us, hit up the Plausible Podcast, two L's, two Z's. We'll tell you more about how it works, but it's simply just a 15-team rotor league. Like we said, it's a subset of Earth. And who is uh, JT on Twitter? JT the Ginger? I don't know if he calls himself that exactly or not. But uh, he keeps up the Earth standings, and he posts them every week. So if you want to find out who's number one in Earth and keep track of it, I would recommend following JT, who's a, a fine lad. That's at JT underscore the ginger. JT underscore the ginger. He's a really solid dude who loves uh, soda. He's big on soda. So there you go. Soda? Uh, a couple. Yeah, he loves <laughs> he loves his big gulps. We, it's a stupid inside joke. Sorry. Uh, Jamie says, Lewis was 0% rostered last night when I picked him up. Now he's 18% rostered. That's a quick turnaround. So do we know Correa is going on the IL yet? Correa broke his finger, and Lewis got called up. He's going to go on the IL, right, Deary? Yeah, there's no other reason to bring him up because there needs to be a roster spot for him. So I, I don't think anything's been announced on Correa, but, I mean, it was pretty much already talked about last night that it was pretty much a broken finger, and that was the chatter of uh, Twitter last night. He's pick up, or pick up Royce Lewis. Yeah, it's a done deal. Jamie, get it done. Uh, Govier, leader of Earth. Uh, technically, that's true. That is technically true. You're right. Thank you, Jared. Jared, by the way, he's been killing it. Shout out to Jared. He's probably, he might be the most active guy in the Discord. Uh, I know that recently Ben's giving him a run for his money, but damn, <laughs> you're killing it, Jared. Uh, okay, so let's play a quick game of Name That Runner I'm Fabbing. <laughs> It's time to play the most ridiculous and pointless game that is sweeping the nation. That's right. It's time for Name That Runner-Up Fabbing. All right. So, dear, you know how the game is played. We provide the fab bid, and the other person has to guess what was the runner-up bid. Would you like to start, dear, or you want me to go first? Oh, go ahead. I'm bringing mine up right now. Okay. Well, let's keep it in Glarf. Well, actually, no, you'll know the Glarf. I can't do that because then you, you might already know the answers, right? Uh, That's cheating. No, no, you can bring. I don't have that page up. I have my TGFBI up, so. Oh, great. Cool. Okay, well, let's go to Glarf because. You could probably ask me what my bids were and I still wouldn't know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's go to Glarf. This past weekend, last Sunday, uh, a pretty light week for Glarf overall in terms of fab bids and additions. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, the highest bid of the week, by the way, was $42 for any player. So that tells you there was no massive bids. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was me on Josh Rojas. I bid $42. So let's go to Kevin Smith of the Oakland Athletics was picked up for $28, Deary. Kevin Smith came off the IL. He hit a grand slam this week, so that was a nice pickup by the Cleveland Dust Mites. Well done, guys. $28 was the winning bid. What was the runner-up fab bid for Kevin Smith? Oh, by the way, I think I had the runner-up for Rojas because I was I saw he was coming off the DL, and I was like, oh, this guy might be able to steal bases, so thanks for uh, sniping me on him. What did you say for... <laughs> $28 for Kevin Smith. Not the uh, the director of Mallrats and Dogma. Let's go 16. I enjoy. 16. 16! Actual retail price was... Boop, 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 boop. Wow! What? Did you hit it? Did I, I, did, I did not look at it either. I did not look at it. Wow! 
You did, never dude. That's incredible. I've never you finally did it. On the nose. That's fucking amazing. Great job. All right. 16 is absolutely correct. Everybody, pause and just really take this moment in because that doesn't happen every day. This is a special moment. Well done, dearie. Well done. All right. What do you got for me? Let's go top winning bid in my TGFBI league, which I'm just terrible in this year. Like all of my leagues on NFBC have been pretty good. Battle the podcast. I'm in first. Raz Slam, I'm in second. Palazzo, I'm in sixth. Wow. So middle of the road, but 13th in TGFBI. Long season. That's all I got to remind myself. But the Long winning season. bid in TGFBI, Sheldon Noisy, who's been a nice hot start off here for Oakland. I've picked him up in several leagues. Got a couple home runs. I think he's got three or four steals. Winning bid was $104 out of a $1,000 budget. What is the runner-up bid? Mm, $104 for Sheldon Noisy? Yeah. Wow. $104. I'm going to say the runner-up bid on Sheldon Noisy was $82. Ooh, not bad. $75 was the runner-up bid. Not bad. Oh, $75. Crap. Humiliations galore. Damn it. Okay. Well, I got close. Uh, let's do one more round. How about my main event where the highest bid of the week in my main event last Sunday was $322. Woo! Uh, that was actually for Anthony Bender. Three hundred and twenty-two dollars. Oh, wow. He blew another Deary. save the other day. <laughs> yeah, well, he came in last night and just he wasn't even in a safe situation. He pitched two thirds uh, of an innings. He walked a guy, but he got out of a jam. Ah. Anthony Bender went for three hundred twenty-two dollars in the main Jesus. event last Sunday night. Deary, what was the runner-up fab bid for Anthony Bender of three hundred and twenty-two dollars? What was this the is tough because because I feel like in the main event some of these do get massively inflated. I don't. Really don't think anybody else went above like 250. I think this is a big reach here. I'm gonna go with 195. 195. My brother. It's always business. Never personal. That's right. It was just business. The actual runner-up bid was 222. Not bad, dearie. That was that's tight. That's a big, big gap, and you were within the range. $222. And that was my bid. Mm. So I actually feel in a way, I'm glad. Yeah. Like when I, I lost I, a bid, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think mm. I think you should be glad. There's a lot of rumblings that when Dylan Floro comes back, that maybe they give him the shot. Or Max Meyer comes up and maybe he closes at some point if they want to limit his innings. Who knows? Mm, yeah, we're they, saying we, they got a lot of options. A lot of people are saying we might see Meyer here in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, somebody asked me. By the way, uh, the Redditors. Hey, fantasy baseball Redditors. If you're new to the show and you found me through the Anything Goes thread, which I've been a part of for like the last week or two, I've been popping in on the Anything Goes thread under the fantasy baseball subreddit. Welcome. I'm glad you're here and. Some of the advice I've been offering on the questions, I've been killing it. I said, Zach Plesak would suck, and he sucked. And some guy asked me about Jared Walsh and Ryan Mountcastle. Should he drop them or hang on to them like five days ago? Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, the underlying peripherals look good. Don't bail yet. And they both had killer weeks. Mountcastle <laughs> just had a double dong game. so He did, yeah. Fantasy Baseball Reddit, you can trust me. I'm on your side. I just want to 
put a little shout out for them because I never shout out to you guys. There you go. I never talk about the redditors. That's like a new thing. Everybody seems to be on that fantasy baseball Reddit, and we're not. So I figured we needed to have a presence. Let's get a presence on there. But yeah, uh, Max Meyer was another guy I mentioned on the subreddit that. I said within two weeks he would get called up. This was about three days ago. So I'm expecting him to be up here very soon, uh, though I don't know that officially. But Craig Mish, who's like the one of the best Marlins reporters, said that he should be the next guy up. Awesome. Could trust yeah, him. I, I just scooped him up a couple of days ago, mainly from a lot of guys that we know on Twitter. They're saying, hey, uh, Max Meyer time could be here. I mean, the guy, you know, big-time prospect. He's looked really good here over the last, uh, you know, month and a half. Uh, and hopefully we get to see him up for the M's. Absolutely. That is a noble cause. Okay, let's move into next. What's next on this docket here on the rundown? Oh, it's a bye-bye-bye. That's right. It's time to say goodbye to some players. And one of them we already mentioned, Deary, was the aforementioned uh, Joe Adele. So I don't know if we really need to cover that anymore, right? Because it's been done. So Yeah, I mean, certainly. say about Joe Adele? I mean, you're holding on to him in most dynasty leagues. Uh, I think he's probably droppable and, you know, any other redraft league, unless you do have, you know, minor league spots and a spots where maybe you could keep him. Cause I think we will see him again this year. I mean, there's no way that the angels will go the whole year without an injury in the outfield. And it's, you know, it's very well a big chance that Brandon Marsh completely falls apart too. I mean, he, he had a home run yesterday, but he, after that, before that he had been over his last 18. So I think we'll see Adele again, but hopefully, you know, he can get it together down there in triple A. Uh, Dell's got to get traded, dude. I don't think he comes back up here. I think he gets traded at some point. There's just no room for him. There's no spot. There could be an injury, I guess, and they might give him another chance, but it's just strong trade vibes here. Strong trade vibes. Interesting take. Like the it. next one is, uh, oh, by the way, and I have so many things to mention. Christ. I do the uh, Fantasy Baseball Confidential. I should have mentioned this in the business time. I'm very scatterbrained today. Please forgive me, everybody. My life is chaos, and I admit it freely, and I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm better than this. I can do better. So if you're watching the show or hearing it for the first time, just know that I can do better. But I mentioned in the Fantasy Baseball Confidential, which I write, comes out every Monday on FantraxHQ.com, and I cover a ton of stuff, everything from the week that was to the week that is coming, and then just like random player notes and musings. And I said that Joe Adele would need a trade or an injury to really get back in the fold. So I'm standing behind that, and I just want to make sure that people know I didn't just come up with that off the fly. I've been saying that for at least a week or more. But Matt Brash, dearie, Matt Brash, he's not gone, but he's shifting to a new role in the bullpen. How do you feel about Matt Brash now moving into the bullpen for the Mariners, where you would assume it would be a boost to his value because he wouldn't have as many walks? But that's also bad news for a reliever if you walk too many guys. Yeah, it's really interesting that this is the course they're going to take with him. His first two starts against the White Sox and the Astros, he looked really good. Six strikeouts, five strikeouts, went five and a third in both of those games, only gave up a couple runs, and he was a hot pickup, you know. Mm. A guy that could strike people out, and he has not looked too good here in his last three starts. He's given up, let's see here, four runs, six runs, three runs. Uh, The walks have been there. He walked four, two, and four. He also, that game against Houston where he struck out five, he walked six guys. So his location and his control has not been great. He's also not striking a ton of guys out. Um, I I think I would have rather seen him, you know, maybe go back down to the minors and get more, you know, longevity down there. But it's a really interesting take that the Mariners are going to say, hey, let's throw you in the bullpen. Maybe you can figure it out there. I mean, it's a good way to kind of limit his innings as well. But 
it, it's got to be frustrating to have a guy that you scooped up to be a starting pitcher and now he's getting moved to the bullpen and I don't think he's a guy that over his career in the minors really ever came out of the bullpen so interesting I obviously the Mariners feel like he's good enough to keep on the roster right now and now he's going to come out of the bullpen and you want me to change fuck you yeah I don't know if Matt Brash is going to change I mean he's still <laughs> walks are his big big problem and command and control maybe he'll feel less pressure maybe there was a bit of maybe sometimes a guy needs a different role and it takes the pressure off a little bit mentally. Yeah, sometimes you just need a new perspective, right? You just got to you got to switch it up. You got to change a pace. You want to spin it into a new situation even though it's the same old situation and you're still the same person, right? I mean, it's still the same. Spin it. But I got to tell you, uh it's worth a shot. But with so many relievers, if you're expecting a guy to be a closer, Matt Brash I don't think he'll overtake the closer's role because there's just too many damn arms that are really good in that pen. Yeah, and you can't give that to a rookie either. Well, I mean, Munoz had a save or two. They gave Andres Munoz. He's back. He's healthy. Mm -hmm. They gave him a couple opportunities. But also, the Mariners, I read this last night, they have three saves on the season. They haven't had a lot of opportunities. (laughs) They're actually struggling a bit here. They need to play better ball. They're supposed to make the playoffs this year. That is on the line. There's no more fucking around. Yeah, it's weird. They got these games where they'll score like eight, nine runs, and then they'll just get like shut out and not do anything. I think they won last. Did they win last night? No, I think they lost to Tampa. No, they lost that game to the yeah. Rays, 4 3. Yeah. Mike Zazine? Mike Zoom. Oh, he's that home run. Three off run Ray. bomb. Yeah, because I was going Yeah, it was the only mistake. Yeah. One mistake cost him a three run bomb. Boom. So that's unfortunate. But yeah, Brash. He's still around, but he's not. Uh, we're also saying possibly bye 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 to Jared Kelnick. We mentioned that earlier. I stick with what. I heard from Jerry DePoto's mouth. I trust him. He, he seems to know what he's doing. I mean, he mm-hmm. traded for Jaron Kelnick. He wants it to work out, but it's not. And Kelnick is just dreadful right now. So he might get the plug pulled from him, but I still think he's going to get a couple more games a week or so here until Kyle Lewis comes back in two weeks or so. Right? Yeah. It's like Kelnick either strikes out. He stings the ball directly to the right fielder, or he hits a dribbler on the infield. Those are like his, <laughs> his three outcomes. He's a 37% strikeout rate. Every single time he comes up, I'm like, okay, here's a strikeout. 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 I like that. We need a drop that says that. Here's a strikeout. Here's a strikeout. Here's a strikeout. Child, please. Okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah, uh, anybody else uh, who's taken off uh, injury-wise? I don't think there's any other big news. We want, we'd like to cover the big hits here, but, you know, you guys, if you're on the – Palazzo Podcast Discord, which I can go to the Discord channel right now that says Injury Tent, and it tells everything you need to know. Cole Irvin is gone. Bye, bye, bye. Cole Irvin's not going to make a start this weekend. He's going to go to the injured list. Bye, bye, Cole Irvin. We'll miss you. You're a good man and thorough. Uh, Cole Irvin has upped his velocity this year, Deary. He's been an intriguing player, but now that he's on the IL, there's not really much he can offer you at this time. Yeah, I think I got him in one league. Um, I think I actually have him in Glarf, either Glarf or Palazzo. And a couple of weeks ago, you were like, oh, yeah, your pitching staff looks good besides Cole Irvin. And then he had like two really good starts over the next year. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck but do I know? Now now he's on the shelf. He's he's someone who, I mean, it's got to be easy when you're pitching at home and there's a thousand people watching. So. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, it's too bad. It's a shoulder issue. I don't know if it's that serious or not. We got to find out more about that. Uh, Enrique Hernandez, Kiki Hernandez is going to go on the COVID IL. So he's gone. Uh, there's like 10,000 reds. Uh, Hunter Green. Hunter Green is gone. He's back to AAA. 
I know velocity has been down and he hasn't looked that spectacular. I mean, what's the point of having him up? Like, do you want to like, I'd probably rather play for a triple a team that could probably beat the major league team. <laughs> Did you see his stat line against the Brewers? Remind me. I'm sure. Well, I he gave, it. he gave up seven earned runs, right? Yeah. yeah. And, but he struck out seven guys. That's fun. <laughs> In two and two thirds innings. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go down or not officially. I, I haven't seen the news on that, but there is talk that maybe it's best for Hunter Green to hit the skids and go back to AAA, right? But I think they should keep him up. I just think they should let him grind. The team sucks anyways. Just let him work it yeah. out up here. They got I nothing agree. to play for. Yeah, I agree. I mean, are you going to be pissed that the guy ends the season with the ERA north of six? No, I mean, he's got to... F- He's got to figure out what it's like at the major league level anyways, and he's going to have some starts where he probably strikes out double-digit guys. There could be starts where he has, like, double-digit walks. But I That's mean, true. You know, for the Reds, what's the point? I mean, just 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 play him. It's it's just tough to own him in fantasy. I mean, if you're in a K per nine league, I mean, he's someone you're certainly zeroing in on who, you know, he could strike out nine, ten guys in just four or five innings, but, you know, He's never going to get a win if you're in a league where he actually has one. He has one win. He has one of the Reds wins. He's one and four. Wow. Well, we're not trying to bum you out, Hunter Green. We're just trying to you know, be constructive, constructive criticism here. We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. But uh, it sucks when your team sucks and you just feel there's a sense of dread. It kind of overcomes a team. Dear, you've been on teams where a team sucks and it's it like takes over everything. I mean, we've never been on a major league roster, but, you know, we play competitive sports here and there. It's like, uh, this team's just. Not a, it doesn't have that same effect, the same excitement, the same buzz as a team that's at least fighting for a playoff spot or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it sucks the fun out of it all. You suck the fun out of it. So, uh, yeah, Hunter Green, we hope that uh, you get to stay up and work it out, but there's no guarantees. A quick question here from Jamie. Drop Lou Trevino to keep Danny Jimenez? I say no. Yeah, I say no, too. I mean, Trevino was really good there last year. I know the A's aren't going to get a ton of wins, but, you know, didn't Trevino just come back, too? Yeah, he gave up four in runs in his return. That was on Monday or Tuesday night against the Rays. With They lost to the Rays in extra innings 10-7, to thanks to Trevino giving up those four in runs, which I put him back in my lineup in my main event because he was back, and mm-hmm. he immediately paid negative dividends. So that was sad for me. Yeah, he, I mean, he was a guy who was decent last year. He had 22 saves. I mean, it's Oakland, it's probably going to be a rotating door of guys out there. I mean, you know, as, as it is with many teams. So Danny Jimenez goes and gets the save the other day. Who, You know, I mean, one day it could be Trevino, one day it could be Jimenez. But I, I don't think I'd be dropping Trevino quite yet. I, I would need at least a couple weeks of him losing that job or just having really, really bad outings. Yeah, is zone contacts exactly the same as it was last year? And so is the the chase contact. It's it it all looks pretty much like what it was last year. Nothing's really changed that I see that stands out. So uh, the except that there's been a lot more zone swings. Z swing's gone from seventy two to eighty one. So there's been more attempts to swing at stuff. Also, his chase rate's gone up by six percent. So that's good too. So I I don't I wouldn't sweat it. He was also on the COVID IL for a while there. Let's just he needs to be closer worthy to be traded and I'm, i've said this for a couple weeks and i'm just gonna stand behind it they want to pump up his value so they can trade him yeah a 30 year old guy that has no future with the team and you know i mean those numbers you're mentioning it is also four innings but in four innings he's got two saves it's true there it is 
There's my guy. A little Morrison. <laughs> oh, this brings a smile to our face here. Return on the Mac. Uh, we're going to talk about players that are on the men who will be returning for various reasons, all kinds of different reasons. Thank you for coming back. Got to always do that. Uh, Deary, Evan Longoria is getting closer to returning. Are you excited? How old is Evan Longoria? <laughs> Isn't he like 36 years old now? Yeah, yeah, he seems to be okay when he is healthy, but he has not been healthy in a long time. Um, I don't have him rostered anywhere, but uh, I mean, if you're hurting, <laughs> he, could, he, could be, he could be your remedy. Yeah, enjoy that. Gosh, that doesn't sound like fun at all. I like how we lead Return of the Mac with Evan Longoria. Yeah, uh, Evan Longoria, it's the Giants. You know, they get a lot out of their players, but Evan Longoria just doesn't. He'll have a stretch where he'll provide value, and you'll pick him up, and you can ride it while you need to. But other than that, I'm just not that excited about Evan Longoria. Uh, Wade Miley is getting close to going on a rehab assignment. He might actually be heading out of that rehab assignment. Again, I don't really give a shit about Wade Miley, but I understand if you're in deeper leagues, you need streamers. He's somebody that you might stream and keep an eye on. That's fine. I don't care. But I yeah, just want to put him on the list. Yeah, he, he's a guy who will make some starts and eat up innings for you. I mean, he's a guy who can consistently, when healthy, can pitch 160 innings. And then uh, Alex Kirilov is working his way back from that wrist issue, and he's hoping to return to the major leagues and play baseball again. Um, this wrist thing is a problem. Yeah, yeah. If it was anything else, I'd, I'd be a little more excited about Kirilov. But, you know, it's really, it's really too bad because a lot of people were high on him this year, and yeah, you know he went to the IL early, and it's it's tough because this is a you know a, you know a big prospect for Minnesota, and a lot of people saw a breakout, and you know season gets shortened up at the start with him going to the IL, and I'm always going to be weary when it's you know a wrist or a hand or you know an elbow for a guy who's supposed to be a power hitter. So uh, can't we'll, trust we'll, it. We'll see. Yeah, can't trust it. You definitely can't trust it. I agree. You cannot trust it. I really liked him as a talented player, but that wrist is going to continue to bother him. And the fact that the rehab assignment seems to continue, it doesn't bode well. It's not great. But if you want to think you're going to be ahead of the curve and you want to pick him up early and get a game situation where you're playing game theory, I guess. You're like, hey, I'll have this guy, and the numbers he will eventually produce will be able to benefit my squad and I'll get him at a cheaper price because a lot of people are questioning his value right now. If you think you're ahead of the game and you know something we don't, then do your thing, but eh, not so much. Uh, Taiwan Walker, he's... <laughs> he pitched yesterday. Yeah, so how'd that go? He gave up six runs. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. He is back, though, so he could do better than that. It's his first start back. And the Mets actually won that game. Bonkers, bonkers comeback yeah. in the ninth inning, which I happened to catch just as I came home. It was incredible, dude. It was so awesome. That is so fat. I, I loved it. I thought it was cool as hell. I felt bad for Corey Knable, but when <laughs> Brandon Nimmo tied it up with that two-run single and then Starling Marte hit the go-ahead double, that's a lot of fun. The Mets team is so much fun to watch. Their offense yeah. is fun. They, they they are it, you know every year it's okay this is the year the Mets are better because they've made all these moves and again they've made all these moves and uh man they're off to a real hot start out there in the east flawless victory very cool uh okay then Ramon Laureano I think tonight is the night for Mr. Laureano he's back from his suspension he's ready to go he's been working doing his own spring training while he's been suspended so that he could be ready to rock when this suspension ended. And I believe tonight's a night, Deary. 
Yeah, I mean, it's good to see him back. This is a guy who's going to give you, a, you know, a little bit of pop and a little bit of speed. He's a guy who can go 15-plus in both of those categories. Remember last year when he was up, he had, like, 10 stolen bases in, like, the first four games, and then nothing happened. Oh, yeah, I do. Suspended, but, I mean, someone's got to play out there in Oakland. He's going to be near the top of that lineup. So, uh, if he's available, I would actually scoop him up because he can give you some value in a couple different areas. Victory lap certified. Yeah, that was an early victory lap. Eight steals in a couple days. That was funny. I'll never forget that moment, dear. Nobody in fantasy will ever forget Ramon Laureano's eight steals. But, yeah, I don't think they necessarily want to pump him up to trade him either. He's a guy who's still on a contract that is serviceable for them. So don't assume that he's another guy they want to dump. But then again, it is the Oakland A's, so maybe we should just assume they want to dump everybody. Damn! Yeah, I know. Okay, uh, and then uh, Luis Castillo? Getting closer to returning to this garbage Reds team? Is that exciting for you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's looks like he's going to come back on Monday. Um, yeah, he's not going to give you shit in terms of like getting wins or anything like that. But I mean, you got to remember, he was so bad in the first half last year where everybody was just completely freaking out. And he really turned it around in the second half, you know. He did. He, he he got control of the walk problem he had going on. You know, strikeouts were a little down last year, but in the second half, they looked a lot better. And he ended up finishing the season with an ERA under four and threw 187 innings. I mean, he seems like a, a good candidate when healthy that, you know, the Reds may trade him. I, I mean, by the time the Reds are good at, again, he, he'll probably be 40 years old at this point. He's 29. So they're, they're going to certainly want to, you know, show him out and show everybody that he's healthy to possibly ship him off. But uh, I know a lot of people were looking for the bounce back this year, you know, because they were encouraged of second half's numbers. And a lot of people are excited because he's been sitting on your bench for about a month and a half here. So uh, get ready for the Luis Castillo return. What you got here that's worth living for. So not being on the Reds, unfortunately. Uh, then Yon Moncada is on the brink of returning here. He'll pop in. So that's fun. Uh, I'm so I've never been more despondent about Yuan Mankata, who's a passionate, passionate. He's, he's your guy. Love him. But I've never been more despondent. So I'm really hoping he kind of comes on the scene and sparks this White Sox team. That's my goal. That's my dream, dearie. We can all dream, but uh, I don't know. <gasps> too soon? Might be too soon. Yeah, who knows? Uh, and then also Sonny Gray. He was supposed to actually pitch this weekend, and I was going to put him in my lineups expecting him to make his return to the Twins, but he did one more rehab start, so he should be back next week. So maybe that ends up being a, a two-stepper. Who could say for sure? And then Teoscar Hernandez, dearie. He's back. He's ready to go. That's a boon for this Toronto Blue Jays team. Isn't that great news? Oh, does that mean Ramel Tapia can now be dropped? <laughs> Yeah, I got Bradley Zimmer on some 15-teamers, some yeah. deep, some DCs. And I seem to have him still on a few rosters. He just does not belong, especially <laughs> with Teoscar Hernandez being activated. There's just no need yeah. for Bradley Zimmer. It sucks. So. I agree. And they mixed up both of them, Toppy and Zimmer, while Teoscar was out, just causing chaos and confusion for everybody and uncertainty. But the Blue Jays are hanging tough. They're doing their thing. So good for them. All right, there you go. Some Return of the Mac for you. Live in the Plaza Podcast. I'm Michael Govier, MJ Govier on Twitter. He's Christopher Deary, C. Deary 1999. Deary is dearly beloved. All right, let's get into the main course, Deary. Let's just get into it. It's time to talk about is it too soon? (gasps) Too soon? It's always too soon. Let's talk about drops. Is it too soon to drop, guys? Deary, who do you got? Who do you want to talk yeah. about? Uh, let's lead off with Whit Merrifield here. 
so the bad of Whit Merrifield, bet 151, he only has four runs, five RBIs, a 198 OBP. Sprint speed is down, um, but how do you measure that when he hasn't been able to get on base at all or, you know, hit doubles at all? So he hasn't been able to do anything. He's been huge disappointment. A lot of people thought that speed was going to go away last year, and he ended up with over 30 stolen bases last year. But looking at some of the underlying numbers with Wit is – I, I don't think he's droppable in any of your leagues, but I also don't think you should trade him either because looking you know deeper into this, he's got the best hard hit rate of his career so far. He's only struck out 13 times in 101 plate appearances, which is really good. His expected batting average is 257, so that's 100 points higher than what his actual batting average is. And look back to historically what he does in April. April, April has always been his worth month, worst month you know, historically within his career as a batter. So I think it's going to start to turn around here. Uh, we are now in May. So I think Whit Merrifield is a guy that I think you can certainly buy low on right now as well. And I think it's going to turn around here. I don't think he steals 30 bases, you know, especially with that sprint speed down, being down a little bit. And he is getting a little older. But I think wow. at some point he is going to start giving you uh, some better statistics. Well, if he's not stealing bags, then uh, it's that's not good, right? Well, I don't think he's going to steal 30, but he can certainly still get you to 20 bags, which you will take. Okay. Yeah. Look who knows so much, huh? Okay. If Whit Merrifield doesn't steal bags, uh, it just tarnishes his value for me. Uh, I'm going to go with too soon. (gasps) Too soon? Too soon. On Joey Votto. Is it too soon to drop Joey Votto? He's on the COVID IL right now, but even before that, there's already conspiracy theory brewing that he was put on the COVID IL because he was so bad that they just wanted to give him a break. And the COVID IL is so easily manipulated because you don't even have to have COVID. It could just be a situation where it's like, oh, I don't feel good. Uh, <laughs> or he, he, he's got sniffles. Let's put him on the COVID IL. So, you know, it's a dubious IL at best. Oh, also, uh, Anthony's here. What's up, Anthony? Shout out to you, my brother. Shout out to Anthony, Kansas City Moose Master. Wit will pep up with the weather and a new ball. Of course, there's always a new ball right around the corner, dearie. He is right about that. He also says, B, he's, but he's not as good as we thought. Wow. And that's coming from a Kansas City guy. So, dearie, you're being validated by Mr. Kansas City. He ain't no spring chicken. <laughs> so, that's true. Okay. Fair enough. Anthony, thank you very much for that on the Whit Merrifield commentary. But as far as Joey Votto, dearie, I'm just not feeling it. And there's been... A lot of talk in the Discord, even the Plaza Podcast Discord, which you guys can all join to LTZs. Utah. Give me two. That he doesn't seem to look like himself anymore. You know, there's been power outages. There's been first half struggles. But uh, his soft hit and hard hit percentage are 22 and 20%. <laughs> I guess that's closer to Ben Revere. Remember Ben Revere? <laughs> I do remember Ben Revere. You think Ben Revere and Joey Votto? Yeah, I don't feel like <laughs> it's not who you want to be. Uh, by the way, uh, this is from a, a Fangraphs article written by Dan Simborski. Shout out to Dan. Thanks, Dan. Uh, so I'm commentating and basically sharing the stats that he put together from his own research. But that's the bottom line. He, he just doesn't have the same pop, and the, he's not hitting the ball as hard. But what if he was injured? What if there was something going on? And what if he was trying to tough it out? And the Reds suck so bad, as we've said like 10 times on the show. We're not trying to harp on you, Cincinnati fans. Seriously, we're not trying to just gang up on you. But I don't know. I mean, he used to be one of the best fastball hitters in the biz. And if he struggles with the fastball now, that's a big 
That's a big red flag to me. But there's also this ball that doesn't pop either. So I I don't know. I think in 12-teamers, you're dropping Joey Votto. I, I tried to drop him in a 12-teamer the other day, Deary, for the first time. I'm like, there's other options. I mm-hmm. I put Juan Yepes in, in my home league. That's a 14-team league, head-to-head cats. But Votto's on my IL. I haven't dropped him. I put him on the IL because he's on the COVID IL. And Juan yeah, Yepes has stepped it's, in. It's like what's what's been concerning is... You know, he's always had an amazing eye and, you know, his walk rate was looking pretty good through 90 plate appearances. But what's really become a, you know, sad tread to see over the last couple of years here is that strikeout rate. It's sitting at 32 percent this year in those 90 plate appearances. That is way, way above what his career average is, which is 18 percent. You know, last year was 23, wasn't it? It was 23 last year and people talked, you know, he was off to a slow start last year. Everyone's like, okay, you know, what's Votto going to give you if, you know, he can't bet 300 anymore and he can't put the ball out of the ballpark. And then he just went on this amazing run and ended up with 36 home runs, the most he had in four years. But this year it's just been nothing. No home runs during this time. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do with him. I, I think 15 teamers, I think you'd just wait and see 12 teamers. He's, he's probably droppable. Yeah. One of the cha- oh, Anthony wants to know, Deary, what is that display behind glass in your background? What? Oh, we got a couple of things here. Let's see. We got, um, what side are we looking at? Oh, we got some at the top there. Those are all the Tigers uh, World Series tickets. They're not real tickets. Oh. And then below that is all the Yankees ones. And then, of course, we have Charles Woodson. And then we have the Fab Five. And then there's some like other Yankee stuff down there. Very cool. Look at that. You recognize this person? <laughs> I do. That's my wife. Wow. When she was like four. <laughs> what a cutie. Look at that. <laughs> That's funny. I've never seen that picture. Oh, I also got this. Oh, yeah. NCAA, the last edition of NCAA football. All of us who still play that game every single year, we know the drill with that one. Sweet. Anthony says sweet. He loves it. Thank you, Deary, for that little presentation. Very lovely. Good stuff for us. Uh, Larry says. The Reds are great. Just ask Rowdy. Yeah, well, the Reds are great for people like Rowdy Telez and the Brewers. The Brewers are 18-8. and eight. They keep beating up on the Reds and the Pirates all season. They're going to easily make the playoffs. So. Yeah, they're going to run away with that division. Yeah, actually, I think you're right. They are, the Cardinals will battle a bit, but they are the best team, and they should be the best team in the NL Central. All right, so let's go back to you, Jerry. last thing I want to say, though, about Votto is that he did change his approach in 2021 mm-hmm. to strike out more because he wanted to sell out for power because that's how the game was played today. So when his K percentage went up to 23% last year, that's cool. That's fine. But when it's going up 30-plus now, he doesn't want it to be that bad. So the truth is, if you're the person who rolls the dice and expects Votto to get it together, then you'll end up looking like a wizard. But you can't tell me there's a reason to expect that right now other than... He's a good player once upon a time. So mm. uh, who else? Who else? Deary, who else is it too soon to drop? Yeah, I think it's too soon to drop Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, Fran Mill Reyes had a really, really big season last year with power. He had 30 home runs, 85 RBIs. And he actually ended up spending some time on the IL last year. In, in 115 games, 466 plate appearances, he had 30 home runs. He was on pace for 40 plus, And then he got hurt. This year, he's been absolutely atrocious. 44% strikeout rate with a walk rate of only 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 three his career walk rate is nine percent so i feel like that's going to get better but the the problem is it's been the power outage he only has two home runs and he's been unbelievably bad against fastballs so far um obviously 
it's been hard for a lot of guys to hit home runs. Uh, you know, got we got the ball factor, we got the weather factor. You know, of course, there's talk of a new ball coming, which that's going to happen a lot. And it's every day, you know, going to warm up here. His launch angle is actually up. It's actually at his career best, and his exit velocity has been fine. He also went three for four last night. So, again, similar to Witt, I think when when it starts warming up here, I think he's a guy who still has some of the biggest pop in the game and still has the potential to hit 30-plus home runs. So I think they're going to come in bunches similar to what they did last year. So he's a certainly big-time buy-low guy. I don't think you're dropping him yet because the power is just too good. Treat me like I was soft, man. You treated me like I was spineless. Well, hey, if you're not hitting the ball hard, then you're hitting it soft. That's just what it is. Hard contact, medium contact, soft contact, it's all different. Uh, another too soon to drop, to pull the plug on, well, Bobby Dahlbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck is not playing well at all. In case you didn't know, I haven't rostered him anywhere, but uh, you know, it's worth mentioning that he's struggling. 147, 217, 227, triple stash line. What do you think of that? Isn't that, that's a, that is like, yeah, that is stunning. So yeah, you and you know it's bad when you bring up Franchi Cordero and Franchi Cordero starts in two straight games at first base, right? Which was very curious. Good call, Deary. I I've said that Tristan Casas will come up and replace Dahlbeck, but mm-hmm. you know Franchi coming in if he can get it done and play first base, that's great. Because right now Dahlbeck has a twenty nine WRC plus. You know, it's in 83 plate appearances. I know it's not a huge sample, but it's really, really bad. And they're in a really, really competitive division. So they don't have time to have guys that are going to drag down the offense so much. That's why they brought up Jaron Durant. We didn't mention that. Jaron Durant is up for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. He is. Return of the Mac. He's back in business there. Definitely worth picking up. Duran has speed and a little bit of pop. And if he can start hitting it all, he will play regularly. So Duran yeah, has also- value. It also looks like Duran is going to lead off today, too. Wow, dude. Yeah. Wow, dude. See, that's Red what Sox, I'm talking Red about. Red Sox have been really weird so far. I mean, obviously, their, their bullpen is just hilarious. It is very hilarious. Anthony in the live chat says, Royce Lewis, the Hall of Fame career starts tonight. Well, yeah, if you didn't catch the first right. part of the show. Yeah, we already agreed. We're in. Let's do it. Hall of Fame season starts now. Uh, Anthony wants to know, are you guys going to do a fab show on Sunday night? It's going to be a crazy fab this Sunday. Uh, I really don't know. Might have to like drive down to Georgia after the show, Frank. I don't even know what's going to happen. So who knows? We would love to. We'd love to do it, Anthony. But you know, I got World War Five going on, so trying to do the best to maintain. If I can do it, we'll do it. All right. Uh, let's. You want to do one more, dearie? One more guy that you, you don't want to drop yet? It's just, <laughs> you know, it's too soon. Uh, yeah, it's it's too soon to give up on Cattell Marte. And, and the good thing is, is he's hitting five straight games. Um, he's been okay against the off-speed stuff. It's similar to Fran Mill. He's having a hard time hitting, you know, fastballs. He's a career 90% batted uh, ball inside the strike zone. Um, it's at 80% right now, so I think that's going to get better. 34% of his swings are at pitches outside of the zone, so he's not showing any patience at the plate i think he's just pressing a bit um this could be a thing where maybe the spring training shortage um is something that affected him but june has always been his best month i was looking into this um he's bet betted 350 in 2019 and 2021 in june so maybe Ooh. we have to wait till june before it really starts to pick up but you know it's 
it's encouraging that he's been pretty good here over the last five, six games. And also, like you, you said the other day, the Diamondbacks have been competitive. So uh, I think those numbers are going to tick back up for Cattell Marte. He's a guy who can bat, you know, 300 and give you a little bit of pop as well. So uh, don't give up on Cattell. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Mike Gaynor in the live chat wants to know, am I the only one who still believes in Duvall? <laughs> you might be. Uh, there's always Duvall truthers out there. I've never been one of them. He defies the odds. I can't believe he won a gold glove, too. I, I just, this is the kind of guy I look at, and I'm like, how does this guy do what he does? He just seems so benign and vanilla and ineffective. But, man, this guy gets it done. So, you know, Duvall's going to play at times, and, you know, the Braves need him. They kind of need him now. So he might get an opportunity to really take off, even though Acuna came back. Their outfield has been shit. Yeah, I mean, I I had heard that he had won a gold glove as well, and I was like, what, really? And then I was watching the game <laughs> in, him, in him in center field the other day, and I, I, like, saw why. He made this great run on a ball that was going to the warning track, and I don't think he's the speediest player, but, like, he just takes good lines on the ball. And, you know, obviously, you know, you got to have a guy in the outfield that's going to be able to help you out with Acuna in right field who, you know, you know has come back. But, uh, you know, you got to have a stalwart out there in center and – you know, Duvall was an amazing pickup last year. Ended up with 38 home runs. He's got one right now, which is just not very good. Yeah. Uh, Duvall can do what he does, and he definitely has a place on a team that if he starts matching home runs, he'll go on a tear, absolute tear, and he'll smack the shit out of the ball. So even though I'm not a fan of his and he just looks like all the reasons I I avoid players on the surface, you know, his stats... They show a guy who gets the job done. So I need to have more respect for Adam Duvall. And I'm going to work on that. I'm going to try better. I'm going to do better. This is the Plazo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. We're live here. Two. Christopher Deary, Michael Govier, MJ Govier, C. Deary, 1999 on Twitter. All right, let's talk about, is it too soon <gasps> to sell high? Too soon. Deary, are you going to sell high on this person or not? And tell us why. Oh, are you giving me a person or am I giving you a person? You're getting, no, you're, you're giving me a you got a oh, you got a name okay. right there, ready to go. Yeah, sell Eric Hosmer if you can. This guy's batting 378. He has a career best walk percentage, 46% pull rate. Like everybody just needs to shift on this guy better because he's pulling everything. He also has a 58% ground ball rate, yet he's batting 378. So it's really, really wild. Like, how is this sustainable? Well, look at his Babip. His Babip is 424. Like is he playing against the Tigers defense where they just can't reach any of the balls that he's hitting? I think this is just extreme luck of what's happening. His exit velocity right now is actually the worst it's been in five years. And it's what we've talked about for the last couple of years is he has that super low launch angle. So he's not really going to give you much power. I don't think he ends up hitting 15 home runs. And I also don't think he ends up batting 300. If you can get off of Eric Hosmer right now and sell him off to somebody, please go ahead and do so because it is going to fall apart soon. Okay, I love Eric Hosmer. What he's done, he's definitely been a nice boost to anybody who's picked him up. And the stats he's produced so far, they're real. They exist. So I, I, I've been saying it's a good Hosmer year. This might be a season where he just has the good Hosmer year. He's done it before. He's on. He's off. This 2022 could be a good Hosmer year. That's what I've been saying. I'm going to stick with it. Hosmer Hall of Fame, according to Robbie Baseball. Robbie Baseball does the Dingers podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to the Dingers pod. If you play Dynasty, you don't want to miss out on what they have to offer. They know Dynasty Baseball. Jayhook703 says, I have a hitter that's hitting 250, so I'm assuming <laughs> I should be se selling high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sell high on that 250 banning average while you can, Jayhook. 
Uh, Jared says, who is buying Hosmer? I think some people, look, on the surface, don't assume, Jared, you might be a smarter player than others, but there's other players who like what they see. Hosmer's had good years. He's not a shit player. I mean, he was able to secure that massive contract from the Padres. So he, well, he has also gotta, the ability. You also got to remember, not everybody that you play in a league with is going to be amazing at fantasy. I played in a league last year where Kyle Tucker was dropped in the first month. Uh, so use guys go. like wow, dude, to, to fleece people. I mean, so there's a lot of public leagues out there, even home leagues, where there's people that just don't have as much time as maybe we have to do some of this. So uh, that's 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 where you can sell Eric Cosmer. Good on you, dearie. I think that's well said. It's important to recognize that. Uh, all right. So a guy, should I sell high on or is it too soon? I say it's too soon. I'm taking the other approach here. Too soon to sell high on Tommy Hedman. I like what he's doing. He's got 13 walks to 10 strikeouts. You just don't see that in today's game. That's impressive. And I don't think it's a fluke. I really don't. What he does right now, he puts the ball in play. Uh, he can hit it with some pop. His barrels percentage isn't a lead or anything. He's got a 7% barrel percentage. Career four. So it's up a little <laughs> bit. The hard hit rate's still under 40%. So that doesn't blow you away. But I watch him play. I, I watch his at-bats. And I've watched several of his at-bats this season. And he's patient. And he waits for his pitch. And he's not going to... He's not going to be a Miguel Sano or a Jorge Soler or, or even a Patrick Wisdom who is absolutely crushing the shit out of the ball. He got like a 54% hard hit rate. It's insane. Yeah. But he, just the kind of guy who's going to get the job done. He's going to hit the top of the lineup, a leadoff hitter. I want plate appearances. I want opportunities. And I know he's been a divisive name within the fantasy community between guys like uh, John L. and I think uh, Fish. Johnny Fish and Johnny L. had a big uh, to-do about it. Shout out to you guys. Love both of you guys. But I don't know what the debate was about. All I know is that even though Admin has a 56.2% ground ball rate, I don't think I'm going to pull the plug, dearie. Hmm. God, it's a perplexing player. He's someone that I'm always off of all the time. And I, I think there's even chatter on our podcast of him maybe losing that job uh, to Nolan Gorman at some point. But uh, I, I, yep. I, think you, I think you hold on to him. I think you hold on to him. I think maybe... You know, if these numbers continue throughout the year, I mean, I think you might be upset that you got rid of him. He, by the way, he has a absurd. This is a stat I always like to look at once in a while. The his infield fly ball pop up rate is twenty five percent, which is holy shit off the charts. It's off the charts absurd. I mean, last year his was six percent, and he's still producing despite that. So if those pop ups come down. Imagine what else he could do. That's a that's a big stat to me. If to me, it's just as important as the ground ball debate here. He's got a really high ground ball rate, but he's also mm -hmm. got a really high infield pop up rate, which will come down. It's just too high for his career norm of six to eight percent. So, you know, right now, both of those numbers could balance this out, and he's still a quality player. Plus, if he steals thirty bags, that's something that you want on your squad. Even with stolen bases being up this year, you know, there's still guys that I have that are killing me. Me, Deary, and me. Both showed you teams that we have where we have, what, five steals, four steals total. So they're not that easy to come by still. All right, dear, who else you got here? Who uh, who else you want to sell high on or you want to wait? Who yeah, I want to talk about Alec Baum, but I don't know which way I want to go with him because I think in certain leagues he probably could be a sell high. If it's a roto league where, 
you know, Bomb's probably not going to give you 20 home runs and he's not going to steal many bases for you. He's got one steal right now. I think he could be sellable in a roto league because right now he's batting 304, which looked really nice. I think in head to head leagues, you might be buying in on him because of that average being pretty good. But yeah, I mean, this this is someone who seems to start have started to figure it out. Uh, he's got his career best K rate. It's down to 17%. He's batting over 300, like I mentioned. He's actually on pace for 98 RBIs, which is absolutely beautiful. The guy yeah. has always stung the ball, but his launch angle has never been that great. So he just hits these really good line drives, but he's not a, doesn't hit the ball into the air. His launch angle is up to eight uh, to 8% this year, so that's higher than it's ever been. Um, I obviously love the lineup. He's never hit 14, more than 14 home runs at any level, but sometimes power takes some time to develop. And if that fly ball rate can get up a little bit, his swinging strike rate has been the highest of his career so far. So he, it seems like he's swinging out of his shoes a little bit, but when he makes contact, it's been really, really good. Exit velocity hasn't been amazing, but the max exit velocity is okay. So I think he's a guy who certainly has the ability to bat you know, 280, 290. But when I was extrapolating out those statistics, I mean, 98 RBIs is really, really good. You're not going to get that from many guys uh, out there on your team. So I think in certain leagues, maybe you could you could sell them, like in a roto league. But I think in a head-to-head league, you you maybe hold on to them, especially if you're getting stolen bases from somewhere else. Yeah, I love Bohm coming into the season. I was actually buying into it, and you know he's been able to put the ball in play and hit for a decent average. The OPS is down. It's not elite. It's not special. Uh, 127 WRC+, plus. I'll take that. That's solid. He was hitting second, too. So if he's up in that lineup in front of guys like Harper and Castellanos, that's also a, a boost to his opportunities and to score more runs. They will drive him in. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm... I think I'm holding on him. I think you make a good case there to hold for now. But yeah, they they moved him up in the last couple of games. He batted leadoff on Wednesday, mm. and then he batted second before that. You know, to start the season, he was much further down in the lineup. He was batting, you know, more like sixth, sixth or seventh. They finally moved down Reese Hoskins, who's off to a really poor start. But you know, you got Uh-oh. Schwarber leading off. But when you got Harper, Castellanos, and Rio Muto hitting behind you, that that's that's really really nice. I like that. Robbie Baseball says, what's up, guys? Happy Friday. Deary's 3-0. Govier's 2-1. Lost week one to Chris. So far in the 30-team contracts dynasty, and both of you are in position to get another win this week. Yay, look at us. Thanks, Robbie. Uh, that league is its so strange because, like, you don't do much. Like, you have a 25-man roster <laughs> or 26-man roster, yeah. and you, there's no... It's just not you don't do as much because you're not like picking guys up and adding constantly because uh, that's just it's not like it's much more realistic. It's pretty wild, but it's cool. I, I like it. Uh, Jamie says someone dropped J Rod Julio Rodriguez uh, and he missed out on that. So I know what you're talking about. People dropping players. Yeah, see, exactly. Tucker gets dropped. Julio Rodriguez gets dropped. It happens uh, for me, dearie, on selling high. Now, now this is tough because. You know, there's so many guys that I wanted to look at and I wanted to, I wanted to pick guys that people were asking me about a lot. And, uh, and you already hit one of them with Cattell Marte. He's been a, he's been one that's been asked about a lot. So I, uh, I appreciate you bringing him up. Uh, another guy that I would like to discuss here is Nathaniel Lowe, also known as Nate Lowe, also known as the first baseman for the Rangers. Now, you know, his slash lines 293, 353, 70. You know, you know, whatever, you know. One home run this year. 
Eight walks to 21 strikeout ratio. That's, you know, that's par for the course these days. But um, I think there's, I think there's more there. So in this case, I want to, I think what you're doing is actually selling on a guy now that people might see as a buy low opportunity. And I'm twisting it up a bit. So, you know, let me play my game here. I'm just doing something stupid, having some fun with it. But I, I don't think that Nate Lowe is that good. And that's my bottom line here. So if somebody sees a <laughs> guy who's hitting a guy who's hitting 300, if they see a 300 average, like, oh, right now, okay. that actually looks pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. I think you need to try to get rid of Nate Lowe while you can and move on from him because the park they play in now is already more pitcher-friendly in mm-hmm. Texas, Globe Life yeah. Field. And the Rangers' offense, it sucks. Like, I want to load up on those Astros pitchers in that rotation and take it, and the Seattle Mariners as well, because I think you can feast on the A's and the Rangers by midseason, by July, by August. You know, they have nothing to play for this year, and their offenses are going to be worse than the other offenses in that AL West. So, you know, if somebody thinks Nate Lowe is worth buying right now, I would try to sell him if I could. That's what I say. Yeah, it's almost like you need him to have like a two home run game with like five or six RBIs to make some of these stats look better. I mean, in a hundred plate appearances of one home run, eight runs, nine RBIs, no stolen bases. I mean, so so much just buying a two ninety three average on a shit team that hasn't been doing anything. No, no one has done anything over there in Texas so far. No, no, you're right about that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, uh, let's move into stashing. So stashing is everything, especially with all the studs that have been called up here. Is it too <laughs> soon to be stashing too certain soon. guys like Nick Prado, dearie, of the Kansas City Royals? They already called up MJ Melendez. He's been mm-hmm. up this week. He's got a nice stroke, a nice lefty stroke, too. I watched his at-bats. Love. I already like this guy a lot. I'm big into him after I saw a couple of his at-bats. And I know that our Kansas City Moose main man, Anthony Gialdi, our Palazzo podcaster on the scene in Kansas City, agrees with me. But uh, Nick Prado? Stash? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) who would you rather go with at first base? Ryan Hearn? Nope. Carlos Santana, which I think it's over for Santana. So that's on the I.L. I know, and he's on the IL. I know Dozier has the ability to play first base as well. But I like Nick Prado. I mean, this is a big-time prospect for them. He's got a little bit of speed. He's got really, really nice power. He can also play the outfield. Um, his K rate is high, but he has a really good eye. Um, and he's got a great home run fly, bo- fly ball rate right now. I think we're going to see Nick Prado here uh, come June. Really? Okay. I know that uh, they got so many options. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino is getting a ton of hype too. A lot of people love Vinny in KC. So I don't disagree necessarily, but I'm you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Pasquantino is actually the guy who gets the next call. But Prado was already part of the preseason buzz with Melendez, right? Mm-hmm. So it would, yeah, it would make mean, sense that he would get the call. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about Santana being on the DL, and you know, we've already seen Melendez, which he's looked pretty good through a couple games. He's stung the ball pretty hard. He's gotten a couple hits, and uh, you know, it's you know, I look at these teams like the Royals. You know, obviously we're Tiger fans, and we are in a division with the Royals and the Twins that are two kind of you know middling teams. Twins are playing a lot better this year, and they're bringing up prospects, and their prospects are coming up and already looking really, really good. So it it makes me really fearful. For the Tigers over the next few years, if the prospects the Tigers have don't hit, and if they keep guys on their team like Jamar Candelario and Jonathan Scope and all the other bums they got out there. 
Okay, uh, Anthony says Prado's on the 40 man, so he may be up soon. There you go. That's verification. Well done. And also, he was on the minor league IL, but Prado is now back on the field, so that's good news. We'd like to hear that. And Vinny Pasquantino is not on the 40 man, so that's actually a boon, a bonus for Deary's point of view. And Jared says Vinny Pasquantino doesn't have the defense, apparently. Oh, wow. Okay, well. We're going to find out. That's a bummer. Uh, you can love a bat like Juan Yepes on the Cardinals and put him in. So mm-hmm. he sucks at defense everywhere, but who cares? It's about offense. People need offense <laughs> right now very badly. Uh, Stash-wise for me, now this is a shout-out to my BYB league, the Bless You Boys. A shout-out to uh, the poet himself, who is one of our longtime league members. and His name is Jordan Walker of the Cardinals. Jordan Walker... This guy can steal a lot of bags. He's got power. Uh, I think the poet even compared him to Juan Soto. Is it too soon to stash Jordan Walker, though? He's in double A, and he's part of the Cardinal system, for those of you that don't know Mr. Walker. But he is playing well, but it's also likely he doesn't get a shot, Deary, until 2023. He's still 19, Deary, 19 (laughs) years old. But he's in double A, Deary, 19. He's 6'5", 220 already. Beast so, of a man. Yeah, and he's going to be 20, actually, in a couple of weeks. So he's basically 20. His birthday's in May. So he's a 20-year-old, double-A. Uh, he steals bags. Last year, he stole 14 bags between low and high A. And a little bit of pop, 14 home runs, too. That's good with the 15% walk rate. And he bet it. <laughs> I mean, he had a really high elite slash lines. His slash line at double-A so far is 316, 438, 430. So... Uh, he can hit for average. He seems to do it all, and his K rate's around 21%. Is it too soon to stash Jordan Walker? I think it is for redraft. Yeah, yeah. I think it's too soon. So I'm going to I'm gonna pump the brakes on stashing him. But if you're in a keeper league, mm-hmm. then I, I, if you got an NA slot and you're playing Yahoo, I, I don't begrudge you stashing Jordan Walker now. Maybe he gets a cup of coffee later this year. Who knows? It's very possible the way we're seeing rookies. But... In redraft overall, I can't advise it. I just can't, Deary. No, no. I mean, he's going to be 20 in a month. And, uh, you know, you could really screw with the guy if you bring him up too quick and it completely falls apart at 20 years old. They want to give him some seasoning down there. Uh, you know, he's a third third baseman. Obviously, they got Nolan Arenado there. But, you know, if a guy can hit, they'll find a position for you. You know, yep. you know Nolan Gorman, when he comes up later this year, they will find a position for him. Uh, who else is it too soon or is it time to stash Deary? well i mean if you are in the know in terms of you know you play a lot of fantasy baseball and you listen to a lot of different minor league reports grayson rodriguez is going to be a superstar once we finally do see this guy in baltimore he's got a huge fastball elite off-speed stuff he's got five pitches unbelievable command uh he also doesn't give up the home run very much um you know, look for a guy, a guy like him to have a K per nine over 10. Um, and all the kids are starting to come up, um, you know, for, for Baltimore. And not all of them have been spectacular, but this is a guy who I, I think we're going to see at some point this summer. You know, uh, Baltimore's not a team that's going to compete. But, uh, you know, you bring him up this summer, and I think he's going to put some butts in the seats, and he's going to be a huge fab bid at, at, at some point when we do see him. This guy's got elite stuff, and he's going to – you know, traject to being a superstar pitcher in this league. It's going to be a tough division that he pitches in, but uh, I think redraft leagues, I think you can probably, you know, pick him, scoop him up now and, and stash him because you, you will see him and he should be able to give you some value at some point this summer. Listen to me. 
Beautiful. That's a great call, Jerry. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, we had a comment here. What are we thinking on Badu? Akil Badu, who inspires us all. I actually think he's a hold, and I think May will be a better month. I've already seen a couple of signs here in this first week of May. It's going to be May. That leads me to believe it's got to get better, too, because he can't be as bad as he's been. So I'm actually saying Badu is a hold right now. What do you think of Akil Badu at this moment? He led off yesterday. He's back to number nine tonight in the order, but he led off yesterday. I think he got on a couple times. Uh, I think it's a hold. It's it's been a mess in Detroit. They just cannot score runs. I think Go Tigers. The, the dead and ball and the poor weather and just shitty defense. This team has like no spark. This is a guy that can give you a spark. I, I don't think you're giving up on him too soon. Uh, you know, I, I think you're giving up on him way too soon if you were to drop him. You got to remember he got off to a hot start last year and then he he fell apart for about a good month. Pitchers seem to figure him out. And then over the last month, he heated up again. So it, it seems like he can make that adjustment. Uh, you know, he, he's been getting some everyday run here over the over the past week. He only sat once in the last week here. Uh, I'd like to see him moved up in that order. Uh, Robbie Grossman generally leads off for the Tigers. But, you know, Badu got let off yesterday and got on base a couple times. Uh, so Badu's a guy I'm holding on to. Uh, you know, he's got power. He's got speed. He's going to strike out a ton. Uh, but I, I feel like they got to turn the corner with him. They can't do anything else with him. He's a rule five guy. It's not like they can drop him down to the minors right now. His confidence is shattered. I think he's going to figure it out here. Uh, and I don't think I'll, I don't think it will require a trip to the minors, which is great. No trip to Toledo for you, Akil Badu. All right, Plausible Podcast here. We're almost done with the show. We're doing Is It Too Soon? <gasps> is it too soon to drop ass? Too soon. Stash. We're talking stashes. I got one more. Is it too soon to stash Corbin Carroll? Corbin mm. Carroll is a fine young talent in the Arizona Diamondback system, and he's 21 years old. Bats left, throws left. Five foot ten, 165 pounds. He's at Double A for Arizona. He's got five home runs already, which is nice. With seven steals, a walk rate that is at almost 14 percent. You gotta like that. 160 WRC plus, always a wonderful time. Hitting for three. 20 average, the BABIPs at 400, but all of his BABIPs across every stop are very high. He's had high BABIP. He seems to be a high BABIP guy. So Arizona stinks, and they're going to make trades at the deadline. I know Arizona's better, like Deary said earlier in the show. I defended Arizona. They're actually better than they were last year. They really are, but they're still the last team in the AL West. They are. So that means they're going to trade and move players by the deadline. And if you want to stash Corbin Carroll now, I don't think it's too soon. But Alec Thomas might get an opportunity before Corbin Carroll does. So I I put it at a high degree of risk for a redraft right now to stash Corbin Carroll. But I think, you know, I think it's worth it. I don't think it's too soon. I don't. But I can see why people would get pissed at me and say, hey, it's too soon, Govier. But I'm saying it's not too soon. Corbin Carroll's hitting the crap out of the ball. And double-A guys can make the leap, especially on teams that have nothing going on. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's too soon. I'm sticking with it. No, I don't think That's so either. I mean, how, how long are they going to roll with David Peralta out there in left field? I mean, he's he's barely Trade over yep. 200. He, he's a guy who can give you a little bit of versatility because he's a left-handed bat. So that's that's a that's kind of a trade target right there. He's certainly not a part of the future. I mean, you got Varsho in center. Varsho's not going anywhere. He's had a you know pretty decent start to the season. A couple swipes, a couple home oh, runs. Oh yeah, Varsho's been solid. Yeah. yeah. And then you got then you got Paven Smith over there in right field. So I mean, 
Yeah, Alec Thomas might be the guy you see first, but Corbin Carroll, maybe we see a little bit of him later this summer. You never had it so good. Yeah, uh, Jayhook703 says, could Corbin Carroll do reverse Varsho <laughs> and move from outfield to catcher? Because they should do that now. Well, that'd be cool as hell, Jayhook, but I can't guarantee anything like that. I would love to see that. Varsho will not have catcher's eligibility much longer after this season. He's just He doesn't catch anymore. It's over. So that's just how it is. He's an outfielder. He's a center fielder. But as long as he can provide 20-plus home or power, that's fine. That that eligibility is just beautiful to have. I mean, I, I focused oh, on yeah. Varsho just because, okay, this guy's getting every day at bats. And I, I think I heard the other day there's like one guy batting over 250 for catchers this year. And it's <laughs> Travis it's Travis Denard. <laughs> wow. Like, ca- catcher's wow that's a wild wow, wow, Catcher's dude. been a real rough spot this year. Yeah, what a shock. All right, final. Too soon. Trades. Is it too soon to trade or not? Deary, what about Kyle Wright? Is it too soon to trade him or should you trade him now? I actually would trade him now. Uh, I have him in a couple leagues and I like what I've seen. And I I don't think there's going to be a ton of regression, but I I think this is probably the highest peak he's going to be at. Uh, He's had excellent control so far this year through his, you know, five starts. 85% left on base percentage. That is not sustainable for a whole season. The The velocity is up, but he's also not throwing his fastball much at all he's been relying on off-speed stuff i think there's going to be some small regression here uh players are going to lay off some of that you know off-speed stuff that he has the slider and the and the curveball i i think he's going to still give you value throughout the season but i don't know if he's going to continue tra- to traject traject upwards so i i think he's a guy that i would probably try to get off of right now and trade maybe trade for a guy who's not doing so great who's a starting pitcher who has a, a track record yeah, I'm with you. I watched his last start against the Mets, and uh, he hung some breaking balls. And, you know, he was a top-five pick in mm-hmm. the 2017 draft. So he came out of Vanderbilt as a – should have been a more polished product, but he really, really struggled. So it shouldn't be a surprise also that he has the tools to put it together. But I'm kind of in between there. I need to see a little bit more. I'm still a little bit suspect that he can keep a consistent command – because he has a great repertoire, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm down with that. I'm down with what you're saying. Uh, for me, too soon to trade Trent Grisham? Uh, well, no, clearly it's not. His numbers are not great, but his walk percentage is the same as it ever was. You know, He's just not hitting the ball with authority. He's got a 26% hard hit rate. That's brutal. That's so brutal. It can't be that bad. His career is a 36. So I'm not, he's either hurt or the the ball is also changed to hard hit rates should go down for certain players. Uh, he's not barreling anything, two barrels and 61 batted ball events. Um, you know, I just, I don't know how you would be able to move someone now, yeah. but I'm also, I'm also putting it out as a reverse here, like trade for Trent Grisham. Is it too soon? No. This is actually a great time to do this it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like his K percentage is up a tad, but it's not crazy. It's at 28%. And he's just not this bad. But if you look at the Padres roster and you start to say, well, is there an opportunity for him to lose playing time? He was also a key part of that Louis Urias trade, Luis Urias trade with the Brewers. Okay. So they want Grisham to succeed. They're not going to abandon him yet. But AJ Preller also needs to win in San Diego. And San Diego's off to a great start. They're like 16 and 8 last I checked. 
So they're in the mix. They're a legit team. And Trent Grisham hits leadoff still. So I think it's actually time to trade for Trent Grisham. Even though the stats don't look good, he can hit the ball harder. He will. He's still getting on base with the walk percentage, like I said. So I think it's... I think it's not too soon. I think this is actually a great time to trade for Trent Grisham. Yeah, it's always a lot harder to you know talk yourself into buying a guy who's not performing right now. It, it, it's hard to do that. It's a lot easier to go and you know trade for a guy who is doing really well, like a like a Kyle Wright. But you know moves like this, savvy moves like this, where you can get a guy right before he gets hot. And this is why you got to look at those underlying numbers. You got to look at where he's batting the lineup. If he's leading off for a team that's really, really good, that's going to help him out. And you got to feel like he's got the track record where it's going to bounce back here. So I, I think that's a good move to try to trade for him right now. That's a good move. Yeah. That's a good move. All right, what else? One more, Deary. Give me one more. To trade yeah. or not to trade? That yeah, is the I, question. I want to talk about Trevor's story. I, I think it's probably hard to trade him right now because I don't know what you're getting back in return for a guy that was you know, considered a top five shortstop at the start of the year. He's got no home runs. He has one stolen base so far. Uh, his hard hit rate is down. Some of the things that are looking good is exit velocity and max EV is right on par. He's still using all, all fields. Uh, his launch angle is actually up. He's just having trouble with the fastball. Like several guys that I've talked about, you know, that we got to re- we got to remember he, he missed spring training. He missed the first week of the season as well. So he's, it's going to take him a while, a while to get back up. The, the fear that everybody had with him, you know, leaving Coors is that he hit a majority of his home runs in Coors. I was looking back into this from 2016 to 2019. He hit the same amount of home runs on the road every single year. He hit 11 home runs on the road every single year for four straight years. Seems really yeah. wild that that happened. I feel like it's yeah. it's going to come back around here soon. It, Boston and Fenway Park is still a top five park to hit in. He's a guy who can use that short porch in right field because he can hit to all fields. And he should be able to pull the ball right and bang it right off the monster over there. So I feel like it's going to come around. What really worries me is that the stolen bases aren't going to come back. His sprint speed is way, way down. So that wasn't good. It, it may not be a guy that you see 20, 25 stolen bases again, which this gonna turn in this could turn into a real bad contract for Boston. He's 29. They send him to a six-year deal. But I think you can go out and get Trevor Story. Maybe get a couple guys, you know, that are performing well that you don't believe will continue throughout the whole season and go out there and scoop up Trevor Story. He's gonna give you second base and shortstop eligibility. I believe he's a better player than what he's performing at right now. Still gonna bat near the top of a pretty good Boston lineup with who's gonna bat behind him. So I think you can go out and scoop up Trevor Story, and I think he's gonna be able to help you out. Yeah, Trevor Story is way better than this, and they gave him the contract, and he'll get it going. But he might not better ever be the guy that he was in Coors. He just won't, because Coors is a special place to hit, and it always will be. However, my final guy here is it too soon to trade or not, uh, or is it too soon to trade for that person? That's the question, right? <gasps> too soon. How about Matt Chapman? Matt Chapman is in a great lineup plays for a great team, the Toronto Blue Jays. And he's basically hitting fifth on the regular. I know Teoscar's been out, so he might get bumped down to six with Teoscar coming back. That's very possible. In fact, likely. But Matt Chapman, I was actually offered a trade. I have Chapman in my home league the other day. It was Tyler McGill. Good old Tyler McGill, dearie, for Matt Mm -hmm. Chapman straight up. And I turned it down. I didn't. Okay. Chapman has... 
a lot of pop in that bat still. And I still think this is an easy 30 home run season. He's hitting mm-hmm. 50, almost 51% hard hit rate. He's crushing the ball, okay? Mm-hmm. He's got a 10% barrel rate already. The problem is, uh, you know, maybe he's popping up too much. The launch angle is even higher. It's at 22.5 right. on average. So maybe he's got to find a little bit more of that balance of that 10 to 30. But he's killing the baseball, like I said, with the one of the highest hard hit rates in baseball. So I think... It's not too soon to go get him. In fact, this is a good spot because he's not quite performing with the stat line that's like, hey, look at me. You want me. So there might be somebody out there says, hey, uh, you know, I'm not feeling it. I didn't succumb to a trade offer. But, you know, the Tyler McGill stat line, it looks pretty damn good. He looks like an elite pitcher that's on the come Mm -hmm. here, on the brink of a breakout. Mm -hmm. But that same day I was offered that trade, I was waiting it out while he was starting. It was on Wednesday. And then he gave up a few runs in that start against Atlanta. His stat line came down a little bit. And there are walk concerns with McGill. There's big-time walk concerns. So I think, you know what? This is a head-to-head Cats league where hitters rule, and I can stream a lot of pitchers. Yeah. So I'm not going to give up on Matt Chapman to take McGill, even though pitching is a need of mine, because he still has more value. You have to see the big-picture value. So... It's too soon to trade him away, but it's not too soon to go get him. I think Matt Chapman's someone you want to have in your roster. He's not going to hit 300. We all know that, but nobody hits 300 these days. If he's a 250 hitter at best who can give you 30, 35 home runs, maybe drive in triple 100-plus runs in that lineup in Toronto. Let's think ahead here. Right now everything sucks and offense is shit, dearie. But, you know, by July or so, that Toronto offense should be cruising along, just kicking ass, and Matt Chapman's going to be a part of that. So, it's not too soon to get Matt Chapman. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, extrapolate his numbers out, and he's gonna have 90 RBIs and you know close to 75, 80 runs and 30 home runs. Sure, he's gonna bat probably anywhere from 220 to 230. He sits at 211 right now, but I, I feel like a little bit of that might be unlucky, uh, you know, because he's smoking the ball when he does hit it. That hard hit rate that you talked about, and that launch angle is up even higher. So better days are are. are are coming along for him. He's going to get every date. Like no matter how bad he plays offensively, they're not going to sit him. They might drop him in the order because that's a gold glove third baseman that they want in the lineup. Yep. I'm with you, dude. There it is. Okay. Matt Chapman, get him in your lineup. And that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. <laughs> not me. Matt Chapman's going to stay on my team. That's the Plaza Podcast for today. Two L's. Utah. Two Z's. Give me two. Let's thank Chris Verdiri for a great performance today. See Deary1999 on Twitter. Follow him. Connect with me, MJ Govier, GOV is in Victor, IER. And the Plaza Podcast Discord. I put the link in the live chat. It's also on the Twitter handle at the top of the Palazzo Podcast Twitter feed. You can find it there along with the Patreon if you want to sign up. Only as little as three bucks. It'd be really nice. We'd appreciate your support. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Five-star review on Spotify. If you love the show, support it. We would be grateful for that. We will support you. We will keep giving you whatever we can give you. You want it? We'll give it to you here on the Palazzo Podcast. Right, dearie? You wanted the best. We are the best. I don't know. <laughs> That's good. That's great. So there it is. Thanks so much. I hope you have a good weekend. A lot of postponements today, so be wary of that in your lineups. I think there's already four now, at least four. Uh, Our Tigers would be postponed if they were playing here. They're playing in Houston, so we don't have to worry about that. Thanks, everybody. Love the show. You guys are the best. Those of you in the Discord, we'll see you back in there. If you want to be a part of it, get in that Discord and start doing your thing. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. 
And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.